Hey friend, happy Thursday. It is September 1st, the first day of the month. It's starting to feel like fall outside. I don't know about you, but I can just like smell the crispness in the air. I just like, I walk out on my back porch and I just take a deep breath and it's like, yep, fall, <laughs> it is around the corner. Uh, the seasons are about to change. And I just honestly, I feel like that is so symbolic, not only for my life, but for your life as well. And maybe this is a prophetic word for some of you, but I believe that you are in the final chapter of your current season and the page is about to turn. A new chapter is about to begin and God is about to do a new thing in this next season. I believe the timing here is so perfect, you know, because it is a new month, let's go ahead and kick it off on the podcast on a solid foundation being God's word. Today, I have a Bible study breakdown episode for you, and we are going to be studying one of my all time favorite books of the Bible, the book of Esther. And we're specifically going to be going through five lessons that every Christian entrepreneur needs to know about starting an online coaching business. So friend, I want you to grab your Bibles, a notebook, and something to write with because we are about to dive in. Let's go. mama. Welcome to Bibles, Babies, and Business. Are you ready to start an online biz, quit your nine to five, and stay home with your kids? Are you up late at night Googling online business ideas, how to market myself, and how to get my first paying client? Do you have lots of ideas but feel overwhelmed when trying to figure out which ones to focus on so you can move your business forward? Hey there, I'm Cammie. I'm a Christian, a wife, and a soon-to-be mom. A few years ago, I too felt drained by my day job and wished I could find a way to make money online. I wanted time freedom and the financial freedom to be a stay-at-home mom, but imposter syndrome kept creeping in and telling me, you could never make enough money doing that. And what if you do try and you fail? But then I discovered how to build an online coaching business from home. In this podcast, you'll find biblical principles for the Christian entrepreneur, online marketing tips to help you start and build an online coaching business from home and a whole lot of mom life because we're doing it all with a baby on our hip. So grab your Bible, snuggle your baby, and let's build your business because you were made for this. All right, friend, before we dive into the episode, I have to share with you this client win that I just received from the Mom Boss Coaching Academy, which is my step-by-step -step online course teaching you how to get more high-ticket one-on-one coaching clients using Instagram so that you can generate more income, quit your nine-to-five job, and have the time and financial freedom to stay home with your kids. So listen to this client win that I received last week. So this is from one of my clients who joined the course, and I asked her, how are you liking the course so far? And this was her response. It's awesome. Awesome is in all caps. So worth the money and not to compare, but honestly, it's been more helpful than the previous coach I paid like $3,000 for. Y'all, the materials inside of this course are nothing short of incredible. The Mom Boss Coaching Academy truly holds every marketing and sales strategy that you need in order to get more high ticket one-on-one -on -one coaching clients, bring large cash injections into your bank account, and get your business off the ground. And after this month, the price of the Mom Boss Coaching Academy is going 
up. So if you have been on the fence about joining the course, now is the time. You cannot wait any longer, friend, okay? Because the price is never again going to be as low as it is now. Because come October 1st, the price is going up by $400. So if you want to learn how to create a one-on-one coaching package that is irresistible, for your potential clients that you can sell for top dollar. And I'm talking like minimum $3,000 a coaching package because I teach high ticket sales. I'm not here to teach you how to sell a $40 ebook. I don't think that that's worth your time. I know that you need to bring cash into your business now and you don't want to waste any time doing it. That's why we focus on high ticket sales. So if you want to learn how to create a one-on-one coaching package that you can sell for top dollar, how to get more high ticket coaching clients, how to generate more consistent income in your business, how to secure your first $5,000 or even $10,000 a month in your business by selling one-on-one coaching, all so that you can have the time and financial freedom to make money online and stay home with your kids while using your God-given gifts, then the Mom Boss Coaching Academy is for you. So I want you to pause, scroll down in the show notes, click on the Mom Boss Coaching Academy link, and join it today before the price goes up. Now, friends, I told you that this was a Bible study breakdown episode, and we are studying the book of Esther. And honestly, Esther is particularly special to me for a few reasons. Uh, This is a very intense book in the Bible. It's very action-packed. There is no um, dull moment in the book of Esther at all. And it's, uh, it's documentation of an actual historical event. Sometimes I think that we can be reading the Bible and we forget that these are not just stories in a book. (laughs) These are actual like documentation of historical events that actually took place here on the earth. And the book of Esther is full of people experiencing real emotions and trials and tribulations and overcoming them. We talk about courage, overcoming imposter syndrome, feeling unqualified, redemption, God's justice, On top of all of these wild things that happen in this book of Esther that we're going to get into in just a moment, Esther is particularly special to me uh, because Esther is adopted. And if you're new here listening to the show, or maybe you just don't know, my husband and I, Lucas, are currently pursuing the adoption of our first child. We're doing a domestic adoption here in the United States. We're so excited. We're thrilled that God called us to this. Um, and we are in what's called like the waiting season or the, that waiting time period where you have all of your your paperwork complete, you you have your home study done, uh, you are linked up with an agency, you have your profile out there, and you are just waiting by the phone to ring. And when it does ring, there will be a woman on the other line telling you that you have been chosen and then begins the whirlwind of becoming literally, in many cases, instant parents to a beautiful child. Um, this is a really cool and wild and, and adventurous experience for us. We're really, again, grateful that the Lord called us to adoption. And it's also really cool and special and encouraging for us to see adoption happening in the Bible, especially because we are walking through it. So let me just tell you a little bit about Esther. I need to set the stage for you here. Esther is a Jewish woman living in a predominantly non-Jewish community. 
She's living in a Persian community. Now, there are other people, other Jewish people living in the in Persia at this time, but it's it's important to the story to know that the Jewish people were not the dominant group of people in the Persian kingdom like at at this time when this event is taking place. They were foreigners living amongst the Persian people in the Persian kingdom because if you remember a few episodes back when we were doing Bible study uh, breakdown episodes, the Jewish people had previously been exiled from their hometown in Jerusalem because they refused to submit to the Lord. So now we have groups of uh, Jewish people living in other lands and living as foreigners in other communities. So that is really the uh, foundation for which this story is taking place. However, however, despite this, despite being a Jewish woman living in a non dominantly Jewish community, Esther finds favor with the Lord and becomes the queen. Okay. So point number one, the Lord has a royal seat for you at the table and no one and nothing can stand in the way of that. Not your bank account, not your neighborhood, not any generational curses in your family, no schemes of the enemy. Nothing can thwart the good plans that God has for you in your life. So Esther is queen and her uncle, Mordecai, who adopted her, who is also a Jewish man, is working at the palace where she is living. Well, one day there is a man in the palace named Haman, who is the second most powerful man in the empire. And one day Haman got mad at Mordecai. Again, this is Esther's uncle because Mordecai would not bow down to Haman. So instead of laying down his pride and handling the situation rationally, Haman freaks out. He finds out that Mordecai is a Jewish man and decides to get revenge on Mordecai by destroying the entire Jewish population living in the Persian city. Now, when Mordecai finds out that Haman is seeking to destroy the entire community of Jewish people, he reaches out to his niece, Queen Esther, for help. Again, Esther is also a Jewish woman. Therefore, she is also in danger because Haman is trying to wipe out the entire Jewish population within the city. So Mordecai asks Esther to go to her husband, the king, and ask for mercy for her people so that they will not be destroyed. But Esther is scared to take action. And here's why. I'm going to be reading in Esther chapter 4, verse 11. All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter. And the king has not called for me to come to him for 30 days. So as I'm reading the words that Esther is saying here, I can't help but think like, doesn't this sound just like you and I? Like when God gives us an assignment that we feel unqualified for, and instead of responding with quick obedience and trusting that God is going to fill any inadequacies that we have, we instead respond oftentimes with fear and with a whole bunch of excuses as to why we can't do the thing that God has called us to. Now, friend, maybe you're listening to this and God has called you to start the coaching business, and to use the gift that he has given you to help other people transform their lives. And you're responding with, well, God, I just, I don't feel qualified for that. I don't know enough to coach other people through this. 
well, God, it's, it's just not, honestly, it's just not a good time for me right now. Like, you know, like the kids, like they just have so many activities, you know, Jimmy has soccer, like Bella has dance. Like there's no way that I could be a good wife and a good mother and go to my nine to five job and build a business. It's, it's just too much work. I, I, I don't believe that like your grace would be sufficient for me for the thing that you're calling me to. Now, maybe God is telling you, Hey friend, it's time to hire the business coach so that you can get wise counsel and see success in your business much faster. But you're responding with God, I can't afford it. You know, I can't afford it. God, like, you know, how much money is in my bank account. You know, we have bills coming in. Oh, and by the way, haven't you heard that we're apparently in a recession now? Like, how could you possibly be asking me to invest at a time like this? And now instead of God being your Jehovah Jireh, your provider, you're acting like you are your own provider. When friend, you need to know that if God called you to it, he will foot the bill. So this brings me to point number two. God is not asking you to figure out how it's all going to work out. That is not what he's asking you to do. He is asking you to trust him and to obey. All right, let's keep reading. So Mordecai reaches out to Esther and says, our people are in danger. You're the queen. You need to go to the king and intervene on behalf of our people. And Esther responds with, I can't do that. You know, I can't do that. If I approach the king without being invited, then I might die. And here's what happens next. I'm, again, I'm going to start in at reading um, at Esther chapter four, verses 13. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. This brings me to point number three. Do not force God to give your assignment to somebody else because you are disobedient. God has a mission that he wants to accomplish in the world and it will be accomplished and he would prefer to do it through you. But if you will not accept the assignment, then you had better believe that he will find someone else who will. And that sounds really harsh, friend, but God's mission has to be accomplished and it cannot be dependent upon whether you will obey or not. God wants to give you the assignment. He wants you to be obedient in it. He wants to bless your obedience through the assignment, but God cannot bless what you are not obedient in. Favor follows obedience. Everyone is praying, you know, to God, 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 show me favor, but they want the favor without the obedience. In the passage, Mordecai finishes by saying, who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. Point number four, you were made for such a time as this. This is one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. And I, and I love to use it in the podcast. Like even when you're listening to my intro music, um, you know, at the beginning of the, of the episode, I end with saying you were made for this. And that phrase comes from this verse. Friend, I need you to hear this. God, who is all powerful, all knowing, who is the beginning, he is the end, who made the sun, the moon, the stars. He knows every historical event that has ever happened is happening now and will happen in the future. That God, that God made you on purpose for a purpose for such a time as this. And he has strategically placed specific gifts inside of you to be the answer to somebody's prayer, the solution to someone's problem. 
And he is so good that he wants to provide for you through your gifts. Do you know that if everyone on the planet operated and served others through their God-given gifts, then we would have way less problems here on earth. But we have people chasing a paycheck more than they're chasing purpose, where if they would just chase their purpose, then the paycheck would chase them. And that's not prosperity gospel. That's just plain scripture. Matthew 6, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Now, he's not promising riches and a million dollars in your bank account and a mansion on the hill, but he is promising that he will provide for you if you seek him first. People are praying, God, like save us. Like we, we are being crushed by like credit card debt and student loans and like gas prices are going up and bread's like $7 a loaf at the grocery store. Like God, please provide a way for us to make more money. And God is like, start the business. Use the gifts that I gave you. Start the business. Deuteronomy 8.18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. I feel like God is saying, I gave you the ability to make money. I gave you the gift. I told you to start the business. You're just not doing it. And little do you know that if you would just start the business, if you would just walk in obedience, I have like 15 different clients lined up for you over the next six months, but you refuse to submit and take that first step. You're rejecting the vehicle in which I'm choosing to deliver the blessing in. I just, I just feel like that's how the Lord is responding sometimes to us. Okay, I'm going to go read one last passage from Esther, and then I'm going to give you one last point, and then we're going to wrap up this episode for today. This last passage is coming from Esther chapter 4, verses 15 through 17. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Point number five. When God gives you an assignment that you are uncomfortable with, which by the way, if you are uncomfortable with the assignment God gave you, you are in good company. Almost nobody in the Bible was excited when God told them to do something. Okay. Take Jonah, for example. God gave Jonah an an assignment. Jonah was so defiant. He ran away from God and ended up getting swallowed by a whale. Let's not be Jonah. Okay. So if you are uncomfortable with an assignment that God gave you, I want you to fast, pray, and then take action. Esther gathered some godly people around her, which side note here, you need to be in a godly community. And they fasted together. They prayed together. And then after fasting, after praying, then Esther took action by going to see the king, even though it was against the law to approach him, to approach the king without an invitation. So friend, let me just take this moment to tell you this. Even though your circumstances may not be ideal and you feel like this is, it's just not a great time. It's not a good time to be starting a business. Even though the business plan didn't work out last time, even though you feel like your hope of being a thriving online business owner is gone, I want you to know that God has a bigger and better plan for you. And not just for you, but for your family, for your business, and for your entire life. But his favor is dependent upon your obedience. Friend, I encourage you, 
to read the entire book of Esther on your own time. It's not very long. You could probably easily read this from front to back in an hour, and it is worth every minute of your time to read through this scripture. But to summarize the end of the story here, because we're not going to dive into the rest of the, the book here on this episode, but to summarize the end of the story with Esther for you, she approaches the king, and when she does, he welcomes her. And instead of just blurting out her pitch to the king right then and there and saying, you know, you have to go save my people. Like she does not do that. She approaches the king and she does something very peculiar. She, instead of presenting her request right then and there, she instead invites the king to a banquet that she has prepared for him. Now get this, God gave me a wild revelation about this as I was reading this and preparing this episode. Esther invited the king to two banquets that she had prepared for him before presenting her request to the king to save her people. In other words, she served him for free before ever asking for something in return from the king. And again, the Lord gave me this wild revelation about this when it comes to how we sell in our businesses. Had Esther walked into the king's hall and just blurted out with no strategy at all, hey, uh, what's up? You know, by the way, you married me. I know that you have no idea that I'm actually Jewish. Hi, there's that right there. Um, so yes, I'm Jewish. Um, but now my people are in trouble. And I know that I'm not really like supposed to approach you without an invitation. But now um, not only am I coming to you without an invitation, that's against the rules, actually against the law, but I also need you to do this really huge favor for me. Can you stop the... Uh, the, the destruction that is about to happen for my people, had she done that, you guys, the outcome may have not been the same. And I think that that's the way that many of us are approaching sales in our business. Like just like a little side note, this is just like a little bonus. This is not one of the five lessons. This is just a little bonus uh, piece of information here for you. We need to be really intentional about the way that we present our request to our potential leads. In other words, we need to be really intentional about the way that we are pitching our offer and we are selling to people. Because for many of us, when a potential lead approaches us showing any little teeny tiny bit of interest in our coaching, instead of nurturing that relationship and building trust and serving them for free before ever asking for the sale, many of us are just word vomiting our sales pitch and then we're shocked when the potential client says no. Like we could learn a thing or two from Esther about presentation, delivery, and service before asking for something in return. Now that is why I teach my clients a three-part sales strategy to close high-ticket sales inside of my course, The Mom Boss Coaching Academy. So instead of just jumping right on into the pitch and scaring your potential lead off, we slow the sales process down. Had like, Are you noticing here that Esther was not in a hurry? Like there were high stakes happening in her life. Like there were lots of things that she, like she had an immense amount of stress going down. She had the entire Jewish community on her shoulders and yet she did not rush the process. We need to slow the sales process down. We need to build a relationship first. We need to build trust first. We need to serve for free first. Then and only then we can strategically present our coaching package and invite our potential lead to transform by working with us. The entire process needs to be unrushed. Esther wasn't rushed when she was presenting her request to the king. 
being rushed is not in God's character. So why are we rushing into the sale in our businesses? Let's slow it down. Again, I teach a three-part sales strategy inside of my course, the Mom Boss Coaching Academy, along with every other tool that you need to get more high-ticket one-on-one coaching clients using Instagram so that you can generate more income, quit your nine-to-five job, and have the time and financial freedom to stay home with your kids. And this is the last month, the month of September, is the last month where the price will be as low as it is Now, because come October 1st, the price is going up by $400. So if you have been on the fence about joining the Mom Boss Coaching Academy, now is the time. I want you to scroll down in the show notes, click the Mom Boss Coaching Academy link and get instant access to the step-by-step instruction manual that you have been looking for to build a thriving and financially successful at that online coaching business that actually pays your bills. Friend, You were made for such a time as this. God strategically placed the gifts inside of you to be the answer to someone's prayer, to be the solution to someone's problem. And he wants to bless you through that obedience. I encourage you, friend, to say yes to him and say yes to the assignment that he is asking you to accomplish. I love you, and I will see you on Monday on the Bibles, Babies, and Business Podcast. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Bibles, Babies, and Business Podcast. If you learned something from today's episode, or if it blessed you in any way, I would love to know. You can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review, and I may just read your review on the show. Thank you again for being here, and I pray that God will fill you with peace in your faith, your motherhood, and your business, because you were made for this.